Parshat Vayera. Welcome to my uh, weekly Parsha share. And we're going to talk about Vayera, but uh, from a rather curious angle. Uh, we're going to talk about the fact that um, Avraham Avinu, when he welcomed the guests, found it necessary to speak to them even though he was at that very moment being visited by God, by Hashem. Hashem was with him. So he says, please, he says to the um, guests, don't uh, rush off because um, I, I want to make sure that you're with me, that you stay with me. And he's with God. And it says there, Rashi says, of a Rashi, maybe Yesh Omrim Shahu Kodesh, he's speaking to Hashem, he's saying to Hashem, that in fact he wasn't speaking to the guests when he said that, he was speaking to God and he was saying to God, please hold on a minute, I'm just going to entertain my guests, I'm going to have um, some guests over, so even though you're here, you're with me, please make sure not to leave me. So that's a fascinating interpretation in Rashi, of course it's taken from Chazal, Rashi didn't come up with it on his own. So you've got this uh, kind of juxtaposition of these two opinions. You've got the first opinion, whether both of them make sense, it's not as if one makes more sense than the other in the way the words are presented to us. The words are ambiguous, so you can say that he's talking to the, uh, he, he's speaking in a very polite way to my master, speaking to the, um, to the guest, to the angel, we know it was an angel, to say to him, please don't leave, I want to entertain you, I want to take care of you, I want to feed you, I want to look after you. Or alternatively, we can translate that word. It's, it's a word that can mean God. And he's say, saying to God, I've got something to do at the moment. Please don't depart. Uh, don't take away your presence. You're with me. I'll be back with you as soon as I can. In the meantime, I'm going to take care of my guests. So we've got this, these two alternative versions of what it is that Avram has, uh, um, was saying, or at least who he was talking to. And the Gemara is in Shabbos, Daf Kufchov Zayin Amadalef. The Gemara says there that based on this the alternative interpretation of what it is that Avram Avinu said, we can learn that it's more important to entertain guests, it's more important to be a host, a kind and generous host, than it is to, um, to uh, be makabel Pnei Hashchina, to uh, accept the presence of the Shechina of God uh, in your midst, or, uh, you know, if you had, as you can, I mean, it's not something that happens to us too often, but if you can imagine the idea that you, are, you have the choice of entertaining God, of having God as your guest, or entertaining human guests, that you should uh, certainly prefer taking care of human guests than having God as your guest. At least that's the way the Gemara presents it, it seems almost like a binary choice. You've got the choice. It could be God. It could be the guests. Take care of the guests. And that's based on this uh, alternative interpretation of the words at the beginning of Parshas Vayera. But Tzorich Bir says the Nasibas Shalom, what are you talking about? How is that even possible? How can those words come out of your mouth? How can you suggest, How is it possible that you could suggest that this makes any sense? If you want to know what the ultimate form of human experience is, it is to be God should be with you. 
God is your guest. You're having a conversation with God. You're in communion with God. There is no greater aspiration for any human being, for any uh, uh, God-believing human being, than to be in communion with God. So how is it possible? How could you even suggest the Gemara in Shabbos is suggesting in Daf Kufchov Zayin. How could the Gemara suggest that it's more important to be a host of human guests than to commune with God? Or Bifrat? And specifically, if you look at the actual event itself, It's not as if Avram Avinu had any sense that these guests were angels, that they were um, guests of God. He had absolutely no idea. So well, he's now making a choice. He is faced with this choice. He's making the choice. How is it possible that he could do such a thing? If you're going to suggest, okay, here you have a binary choice. So now you're going to, uh, let's just float this idea. The idea is that you've got a choice now. You're standing here uh, one day and you've got a choice. What do I do now? Am I Makabal Pnei Ashkina? That's one choice, choice number one. Or am I going to entertain guests? Am I going to be a Machnis Eirach? What should I do? Okay, you're going to suggest that that is the choice. Kosha, that choice is not what we're talking about here in the story of Avram Avinu. He's in the middle of actually being in communion with God. It's not like he's got the choice, I could do that or I could do the other. He's in the middle of doing the one, which we know is the most important one. And even so, he's saying to God, in this second interpretation of the meaning of those words, don't leave me, I'll come back to you, I'm going off now because I want to entertain guests. What could be more rude? It's like somebody who's in the middle of having a conversation and then their phone rings and they answer the phone. Or somebody texts them and they're busy answering the text. What are you talking about? In the middle of a conversation, if that person who you're talking to would have texted you, you would be answering them. But no, you're in the middle of the conversation with that person and you say, oh, excuse me, you don't even say excuse me. You're just, your head goes down to your phone and now you're responding to the WhatsApp. What could be ruder? Avram Avinu is talking to God. He's talking to God. Are you listening to those words? He is talking to God. And he says, excuse me, God, I've got to move on because I've got to do something else. I've got to answer the WhatsApp. I've got to entertain these three visitors who are coming in off the desert. What are you talking about? How does that make any sense? It's not a binary choice. He's in the middle of doing one thing. How can he leave that and do something else? How's he saying to God that God should wait for him until he's brought the guests in? How could he even, how could those words even come out of his mouth? God, wait a second, I've got something else to do. So now the Nasiva Shalom is being a bit gentler with this question to Avram Avinu. He's saying, well, clearly Avram Avinu knew what he was doing. Avram Avinu wasn't, wasn't somebody who was callous. He wasn't impulsive. He wasn't just doing it. He obviously knew that this was something he could do. How did Avram Avinu know that this is something that you can get away with, that this is something that you can do? In other words, how would he even know such a thing? From where did he take this wisdom? 
How was he aware of the fact that it's possible, even if you're in communion with God, to abandon that particular uh, activity and go off and entertain guests and look after guests who are coming to your home? Where would you have known that from? Cain Yeshlevai. And the Nasiva Shalom continues to examine this with uh, uh, even uh, greater examination. He's looking at it in even greater detail. And he wants to know, we need to explain, Let's go back to last week's parasha, parasha Lechlecha. And God says to Avram Avinu, Go and do a brismila, circumcise yourself. And what does he say? The thing he said to him is, Go before me and be perfect. You should be perfect. You should perfect yourself. What is he talking about? After all the greatness of Avram Avinu, we're not talking about anybody here. We're not talking about just some ordinary guy in the street. We're talking about Abraham, Avraham Avinu, the founder or the foundational figure of monotheism in the human world. He's the one who, after generations of paganism, of uh, a total lack of awareness of the involvement of God in human life, he came up with this idea of the Creator God who's involved in every human life. He is the foundational figure of monotheism. He's a tzaddik yesoid oilam. He's a foundational figure in the entire history of the human race. That's who Avram Avinu is. And now we know who he is because he's reached a very old age. And what is he saying? Go before me and be perfect. What? He wasn't perfect before? There was something wrong with him? What did he do wrong? There was something missing? After all the greatness and all the achievements and all the faith and all the amazing behavior, and the deep conviction of Avram Avinu and all the wonderful things he'd done in the world, there was still something missing that God had to say, What are we talking about? says the Nesiva Shalom. This is extremely puzzling. This raises a great question. It's specifically difficult to understand with reference to Noach. Because we know that about Noach, it said that already two weeks ago in the parsha. What do we say about Noach? That he was an ish tzaddik, was a righteous man. By the way, the only person in the Torah ever to be called a tzaddik. Tomim, he was perfect. And he went with God. So somehow Noach is better than Avram Avinu. How is it possible that Noach achieved that ultimate grade? And that Avram Avinu wasn't quite there yet, and he had to be told his alech lefanabeisomim. He was a person who went with God, Noach, and he was Tomim, and Avram wasn't. What are we saying? Hagam sheloi moles and specifically because we know that Noach was not circumcised. He wasn't. Avram Avinu was circumcised. So how is it even possible? What are we talking about? And it's specifically difficult to those who look at Noach askance and suggest that he wasn't like Avram Avinu. How do we know? 
Because we see in the Rashi at the beginning of Parshas Noach it says, Bedoiroisav, what does it mean that Noach was a tzaddik tomim in his um, door, in his generation? Hoya tzaddik, he was a tzaddik bedoiroisav. Aval ilu haya bedoir shel Avram Avinu, loya nechshaf liklum. If he would have lived in the age of Abraham, he would not have been considered very great at all. One second, we have here a stira. We have here quite a difficulty. We have a Noach who's referred to as Tomim and as uh, somebody who and he is considered somehow to be very, very great. And yet Rashi is telling us, quoting a Chazal, that there are those who believe not only wasn't as great as Noach, but had he lived in the generation of Noach, he wouldn't have been considered anything at all. He, would, he wouldn't have been noticed. He wouldn't have made any impression. He was a nobody. He was a nothing. So how are, we, how are we going to reconcile this? How can you suggest that he wouldn't have been considered to be anything? If it's true to say, as we see in the words of the Torah, that those attributes, those characteristics that Avram still had to reach, had already been reached by Noach, and Avram hadn't even got there yet. So had he lived in the generation of Avram Avinu, he would have been considered greater than Avraham Avinu. That's the question the Nesiva Sholem asks. Cain Tarek Bia and another question, he says, we need to understand. If you want to know that the, the one of the great watchwords of, of the monotheistic faith in terms of our Jewish tradition is that the Olam Hatikun, things started to repair themselves, things started to get better. The foundation point, the starting point of Tikkun in the world was Avraham Avinu. We know that Odom was a failure and we know that Noach was a failure. We know that Avraham Avinu becomes the first of the patriarchs, the first of the Ovas, which is translated as the Olam Hatikun, things beginning to head in the right direction only began with Avram Avinu. Everything else that came before was somehow a waste of time. How can you say that? How can you dismiss Noach's contribution to Tikkun if we know that he was a Tzadik Tomim and How can you dismiss Noach as not existing, as not being of any relevance or importance? Why can't we suggest that no, actually the Olam the world beginning to repair itself from the damage that was done after Adam Arisha and ate from the tree of uh, knowledge of good and evil, from the uh, Eitz Hadas, that that was a very bad moment, but the Olam HaTikkun, things began to get better with Noach, who was a Tzadik Tomim, and Esolikim Isalech Noach. Why are we dismissing that as if it didn't exist and suggesting, as Jewish tradition does, that the Olam HaTikkun only began with Avraham Avinu? V'chein Tzorich Biyam, one final question, says the Nesivas Sholem. Ma'ashe Seide HaSfirois Hu Chesed Ugvura. Now the spheres are the Kabbalistic levels, the different spheres um, that circle or uh, encircle God. And until uh, eventually you get to this world, to the physical world, but there's different levels. There's seven and there's three, but whatever it is, we know that in those different spheres that exist between God and physical creation, 
there is something called chesed, kindness, and there's something called gvura, which is strength. Now we know that the, um, the order of importance, as it were, is mikoidem chesed midas ahava, v'achakach midas hagvura v'hayira. That first there is chesed, and then there is yira. So if you look at the order in which they are counted, we know that chesed comes first, and then yira. But how is that possible? How does that make sense for Tzorach Biyah? Because the Zohar itself says, even though that's the order, the Zohar suggests, and this is in the introduction to the Zohar, it says as follows, The first thing is Yiras Hashem. You start off everything with Yira. Shenem chokma Yiras Hashem. The most the way it's being presented here is that the most important thing, that which begins everything, is Yiras Hashem. That seems to be of primary importance. Fear, awe of God. That's what's so important. Reishis chokma Yiras Hashem. Dipkudo kadmado Yiras Hashem. Verak achakach yahava. And only after that you have ahava, love, chesed. How is that possible? How is it possible in the sphere the, the chesed comes first and then you've got yira? But actually in the pasuk it says, and this is reflected in the statement, in the pronouncement of the Zohar, reishis chokma yiras Hashem. The first thing is yira, not chesed. So what is it? Is it gvura that comes first? Gvura yira? Or is it chesed ahava that comes first? There seems to be a contradiction. There seems to be some confusion between one source in Kabbalah, which is the order of the Sefirot, and another source in Kabbalah, which is the introduction to the Zohar. There seems to be confusion as to which one comes first. Those are all the questions that the Nesivas Shalom poses about this opening, ambiguous statement of Avram Avinu at the beginning of Vayera, where he says, Al tavar He could be speaking to his guests, but here in the uh, alternative version, he's talking to God. How is all this possible? And there's so many other things that seem to emanate from this pronouncement of Avram Avinu that we need to deal with in order to get to the bottom of this mystery. Yesh Levair. Now we're going to explain it. We're really going to have a beautiful explanation. Yesh Levair ha'inyun dehine tachlis brias ha'olam himidas ahava. Says the Nesivas Sholem. He, of course, not the only one to say it, but he's going to present it so beautifully. He's going to give us a sensational foundation to what the purpose of human existence is. What are we here for? What is the purpose of your life? You know what it is? Do you know why we're here? so that we can express ourselves through the attribute of love, that we can be loving. Do you know why you're here? Do you know why you exist? Do you ever ask yourself that question, wake up in the morning and say, what am I doing here? Why am I here? Do you know why you're here? So that you can be more loving and do more chesed. What chesed have you done today? You're watching this, you're listening to this. What tova did you do for another person? What favor did you do for someone? What did you do to make sure that you could uh, show an expression of love and actually active do, actively do something loving? What did you do today that was loving 
at its very core. Do you know why I'm asking you that question? Because as the Nesivas Shalom says, the Tachlis Habria, the main purpose of creation was Midas Ahava, the Midah, the attribute of love. And this is based on a posuk which says, it's a posuk in Tehillim, in Perik Peites of Tehillim. Do you know what it says? Ki Omarti, as I have said, Oilam Chesed Yibone. The world is built on kindness. Built on kindness. You listening to those three words? Built on kindness. The foundation, the fundament of the world, of creation, of the universe, is kindness, is love, is caring for others, is doing everything you can to express that care, not just with words, but with actions. Everything about the presentation of the universe and its survival, its perpetuation over all the generations, over the entire time that the universe has been in existence, who is only because of the attribute of love. Ultimately, as the Kabbalists teach us, is because God loves us that we exist. He created us. It's an expression of God's love. And that foundation has to be expressed in the way we behave. The Midah of Ahava should be a reflection of the Midah that God has. The truth is, God could have created the universe through the Midah of Yira, the attribute of fear, of awe, of awesomeness. By the way, we wouldn't have lasted very long had God done that. Imagine God would have created a world where the only chance for its survival is for all of humanity not just to recognize that he exists, but to constantly fear him. <laughs> we wouldn't have lasted very long, would we? I mean, I wouldn't even be giving this share because the world would have been destroyed a long time ago. Love? Now that's something that even people who don't believe in God can express. By the way, the true expression of love is to do so through your faith. But even those who don't have faith, who do acts of loving kindness, they are perpetuating the love, the ahava, the chesed on which the world has been founded and which is the foundation of the existence of the universe. It is the will of God that the world's existence should be through the middah of Ahava of love. It's the foundation of the survival of the universe. Rabbi Akiva says in your Shalmi, in Adorim, you've all heard this Rabbi Akiva. The Posik says you should love your neighbor your friend, as you do yourself, whatever that posuk means. I've given shiurim on that in the past. There's quite a number of interpretations as to what that means. But ultimately, it's zeklal godol batayra. Whatever interpretation you're going to give to vahavta ultimately it's about love, it's about chesed. And says Rabbi Akiva, zeklal godol batayra. This is the biggest, the most important central theme of the Torah. It's the foundational theme of the entire Torah, of everything God wants from us, as, as, um, as epitomized by the existence of the Torah. Because the Midah of Ahava is the, is the essence of what it is that God wants. 
the Chazal say it's in Yuma Daftesamad base by Rishon. The first base of Mikdash. Why was it destroyed? Do you know why the first base of Mikdash was destroyed? Because they committed three cardinal sins. There was a total abandonment of any idea that these sins mattered. What were they? Avodah Zorah, they worshipped idols. Gilu Arroyas, they were leading immoral lives. And Shrikhus Domim, they became murderers. Homicide prevailed. And as a result of, I mean, let's face it, that's a society that's descended into complete anarchy, both in terms of faith and in terms of its humanity. As a result of which the Beis Amikdosh, the first Bayis, the first temple, was destroyed. So that's what the Gemara says in Yuma. We know those three Averis are the most, the strictest, considered the worst of all the Averis in the Torah. To the extent that if you are offered the choice of doing one of those Averis or giving up your life, you should give up your life. They're the three cardinal sins of the Torah. Okay, that's the first base of Mikdash. Ubayas Shani. How about the second base of Mikdash? Why was that one destroyed? Do you know the answer to that question? To Gomorrah and Yuma. You've heard this before. Do you know why the second base Amikdosh was destroyed? By Shaini Chorav al Sinas Chinom. Because there was causeless hatred, says the Nasiba Shalom. And of course, he's not the first one to ask this question. I mean, on an on absolute literal sense, looking at this, it's staggering, it's stunning. And it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. It's so puzzling as to completely confound us. Hating someone else for no reason. Hating another person is just a love. It's something that's forbidden in the Torah. What does it say? You shouldn't hate somebody in your heart. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's a, it's a bad thing to hate someone else. But how do you compare that to the three cardinal sins of Avodah Zorah, Gilarois, and Shvichas Domim? How is it possible to compare that to, um, to worshipping idols, to adultery, to murder? What are we talking about? The Eich Zeh Nigram Kolachurban. How is it possible that this, this one thing, that it's not a big deal, how did that result in Chorban Bayez Sheni? And let's think about it. The first one, where they committed the three cardinal sins, how long was the exile? 70 years. That was it. They went to Bavel, they went to Persia, they came back, they built the Beis Amikdosh. That was when they did the three cardinal sins. Okay, the second Beis Amikdosh was because of sinas chinam, causeless hatred. How long is the Golas? My friends, we're still in it. It's almost 2,000 years. We're still suffering from that Golas. Really? Those three cardinal sins resulted in 30, in 70 years? And that one sin, which doesn't even come close in the pecking order of Averis, that one lasts nearly 2,000 years? What, what, how does it make any sense? Says in the Shalom, this should, this Gomorrah and Yuma give some sense of the idea that Sinas chinom, in other words, a lack of love, a lack of chesed, undermines the essence of creation. That's what it does. Umareres es yesoid kiyum ha'olam. 
it completely destroys any possibility for the world to perpetuate itself, for the universe to survive. Why? Because the world is based on the middah of Ahava. Because it says in the Posuk in Tehillim Peites, Ki omarti oilam chesed yibone. The world, the universe, is built on kindness. And if you've got sinas chinam, there's no kindness, then how can the world survive? Destroy the base Amikdosh. The message here is so powerful. Gila Arayos. Shvichus Domim and Avoida Zora, very bad, the worst. But they had a hover for each other. They loved each other. There was somehow a sense of community spirit to the extent that the Golas only lasted 70 years. It's powerful, isn't it? And yet, when there's sinas chinam, when there's hatred, when you're finding reasons to criticize other people, when you have prejudices in your heart, when you hate people in your heart, as the Pasuk says, you have no permission to hate someone in your heart. But it's only a love. It may only be a love. But the foundation of the world's existence is kindness, is love, is caring for other people. And the truth is, you find many places in the Torah where something that doesn't seem to be so bad actually takes center stage as being the worst possible thing. Really, as a result of those things, there shouldn't be such, such dreadful punishment. But the, the damage they cause was absolutely devastating. Like the sinas chinom, of the period just before the destruction of the second base Amikdash resulted in its, in its destruction. And in a 2000 year Golus, so too we see examples in the Torah. Particularly this terrible um, human problem of disputes, controversies, polemics, and arguments. We find in the incident, in the episode of Korach, when he led a rebellion against Moshe Rabbeinu, you see that as a result of what Korach did, first of all, how terribly he was punished, but more that he completely undermined the project. The Torah project, the Moshe Rabbeinu leadership project, the Let's Go to Eretz Yisrael project, whatever it was, the, the terrible result of the Machloikas of Korach should give you a sense of Oilam Chesed Yibone. He shouldn't have had an argument with Moshe Rabbeinu and because he did, he was punished in the most terrible way and he caused such uh, dreadful consequences for himself and for those who were associated with him. The purpose for which God built the world. He wants to have somewhere, as it were, to reside, to, to dwell in the Tachtoinim, which is the physical realm. That only works. It's only possible. It can only function. It can only be a reality. If Olam Chesed if the world is filled to the brim with kindness and with love.
and arguments, hatred, completely undermine and negate this possibility. So now we can understand how the Olam HaTikun only really began with Avram Avinu. The world began to improve, the road to improvement started with Avram Avinu, not with Noach. And we can see how this is reflected in the Sfirot, the Sfirot that we mentioned earlier. We'll get to that. How do you correct the world? How do you change the world so that it's heading in the right direction? It's only through the attribute of love. How did Avram Avinu initiate this process of tikkun? Through his exemplary Ahava, his exemplary love. And somebody who is an expression through his character, through his behavior, her behavior, her character, the mid of Ahava, they will, as a result, it's a reflection, will get the Ahava, the love and the kindness of God. There is a direct consequence of us behaving with love and affection. Um, and kindness towards others that God will behave in the same way towards us. Hashem uh, as we know that it says that God is our shadow, almost our echo, that God echoes our behavior, He shadows our behavior, and what we do, He reflects. Omnam. So Noach was a tzaddik, we said he was a tzaddik. He was a perfect tzaddik. He was a tzaddik tomim, but only in the middle of Yira. He never graduated to the middle of Ahava. He never got there. There's tikkun with Yira. Don't think there isn't any tikkun with Yira, but it's not the ultimate form of tikkun. It stops there. It's, that is only a preparation. It's only the beginning of a process that leads you to Ahava, and true tikkun can only begin with Ahava. It says that, you know what, he did um, have a relationship with God, but what was the God with whom he had a relationship? So you know the names of God are a reflection of the kind of God we're talking about. The God of Elohim is a God of fear, is a God of awe. Eloikim is associated with Yira. Eloikim is the God of justice, is the God of judgment. That's not the God who is the God of Ahava. It's, of course, it's all one God. God isn't separated into different parts. It's all one God. But the attribute of God, of Yira, in God is reflected through the name Eloikim. Hashem, Yud Kei and Aleph Dalad, Nun Yud, that's the name of Hashem which, is ref which reflects Ahava and Chesed. The whole Madregoisov, all the Madregois of uh, Everything that we know about Noach reflected this side of human nature, which is the human nature of Yira. The human attribute of Yira, of fear, of having awe of God. And he, by the way, he excelled in that. He was an exemplary example of Yira in a human being. But that's not what it's about. Balkain, which is of course why 
had he lived in the generation of Avram, he wouldn't have been thought of as anything because that's so retro. That was then, now is now. It's like saying, you know, I can ride the fastest horse and I'm so fast and there's a lot of other horses around, they, they ride very, very slowly. But if you live in an era where there are cars and you say, I've got the fastest horse and therefore I'm very fast, I can get from place to place very quickly. Excuse me, have you ever heard of cars that can go 150 miles an hour? I think they'll get there faster than you. In other words, in a generation where Yira is lacking, the fact that Noach had Yira is incredible, but he's limited by the glass ceiling that is Yira. Avram Avinu, he is an exemplary human in terms of Ahava in terms of love, in terms of chesed. And therefore, if Noach lives in his generation, he disappears without trace. You don't even see him because Avram is such a shining, guiding light. Uh, so it says, It says, As we say, that if you do tshuva because you love Hashem and you want to bask in Hashem's kindness and in His love, that tshuva is worth more than 100 fast days. If you fasted for 100 days, you wouldn't achieve the same tshuva objective as you achieve in tshuva me'ahava. Ki kashe Yehudi Hashem When a, a Jewish person, a person of faith, worships God, has a relationship with God through the attribute of love. He will have fulfilled, discharged his duty in terms of keeping the world going because Olam Chesed Yibone. That's what it's all about. Noach was limited. Avram Avinu is unlimited. Noach was limited to Yira. And Avram Avinu is unlimited because he has the attribute of Ahava. So now we understand, why did God say to Avram Avinu, go before me and you will be perfect? It's not that he wasn't perfect before. I want you to reach the ultimate form of human existence in terms of Ahava. You far exceeded, you've, you've totally outpaced Noach but I want you to get to the final destination. Everything you've done till now has been incredible. No one's ever achieved what you've achieved, but I want you to get to the ultimate destination. I want you to reach to that point where you are Tomim in Ahava, not Tomim as Noach was in Yira. Hisalech lefonai b'midas Ahava shelcha. Go before me with the midah of Ahava that you have, and you will be perfect in that sphere. You will reach the ultimate form of what you can be through this attribute of love. And we know that the only person ever to really get there was Avramavinu, and he only achieved it once he'd performed the circumcision on himself. Now we understand something which has always puzzled the commentaries. How is it possible that Noach was such a tzaddik and but he had no influence on anybody else? Do you know why? Because he was completely ensconced in his own world, in the world of Yira, in the world of exclusiveness, in the world of I need to avoid everything in order that it shouldn't interfere with my spiritual status, my holiness. 
He was holy to the extent that he couldn't engage with anybody who wasn't holy. That is a Tomim, a Tzaddik Tomim, who, is, uh, who exemplifies Yira. That's who Noach was. Now, you can't be in a situation like that and be an influence on others because they might influence you and you've got fear that they might influence you. But if you love humanity, you're willing to take that risk. You're willing to go out there. You're willing to talk to other people, even if they're not believers, even if they don't behave themselves entirely correctly. Why? Because you love them. And this is an expression of your love. That's a much higher form of spirituality, of faith and of communing with God. So here we have it, that his Mida of Yira, Tzimtzum means I'm enclosed, I, I want to protect myself from everything that's around me rather than open myself up and allow myself to be available for others. That's why not one other person besides for Noach and his family was on the Teva. Through 120 years of building the Ark, he never managed to achieve any kind of, in any persuasive way, can, uh, um, to to get someone to join him in this project of escaping the flood. He wasn't able to do it. Avram Avinu, we know, was somebody who convinced many people in those days to become monotheists. He managed to convince people that there's only one God. He managed to convince people that it was important to recognize that God and to have a relationship with that God. That was his purpose. And how could he do it? Because he had the middah of Ahava. He loved every human being. It wasn't just about him and making sure to protect himself from outside influences. He wanted to be an influence on the outside. He was unique in this. Even more so than Yitzchak, even more so than Yaakov. He was unique in this attribute that he was an uh, evangelist for monotheism. Because he had this middah, he was completely consumed with love for humanity. And this is the way he expressed it. So now we need to understand what it says in the Zohar that Yira comes before everything. Why we say that? Because it says, The first thing in wisdom is to have Yira Shomayim. Even though we know that the ultimate in creation, the ultimate in existence, is the attribute of love, because of this pasuk, and the most important mitzvah of all is to love Hashem, never ever fall into the trap of sinas chinam. We know because it says in all the holy books and in every source that we have that the ultimate destination of every Jew should be loving God and getting close to God. You should know that the first step, the, the way in which we reach this attribute, this characteristic of Ahava Hashem is... You have to start off by having Yiras Hashem. You have to have some sense of the awesomeness of God, of the omnipotence of God, of what it means that God is the Creator, to the extent that we human beings can ever understand the incredible presence of God and what it means that God created the universe. Whatever it is that we can understand, it's only once we understand that that we can get to the next stage of Ahava Hashem. Kia Adam Hu Khumri Umagusham. If you 
to live in a totally material world, which we do, and we are totally material, which human beings are until they engage their senses in their spiritual senses in trying to gain a relationship with God. In that state, it's not possible ever to reach a level of Ahavas Hashem unless you first take on this attribute of Yiras Hashem. Alkain Pekuda Kadmoda Yiras Hashem because that's what we need to do in order to cleanse ourselves of everything that's material within us first we need to have Yiras Hashem then we can get on we can graduate as it were into a world of Ahavas Hashem and that's what it means when the Posuk says that the beginning of wisdom Yiras Hashem that's the first thing but now, in terms of importance, chesed comes before gvura. In other words, there's two ways. When you graduate high school, I just spoke about graduation, okay? You graduate high school. It's not quite as important in terms of your education as graduating college. And graduating college um, as an undergraduate is not as important as a postgraduate. Or, you know, getting a BA is not quite as impressive as getting an MA. Now, if you didn't graduate high school, you wouldn't get into college. So you need to first graduate high school, then you go to college and you get your BA, then you go from there and you get your MA. So too, in terms of getting to the level of Ahavas Hashem, we start off, our basic platform is we're human beings. We're like animals, that's what we are. We're physical, material beings. Now, if we take upon ourselves, we graduate from there into a situation of Yiras Hashem, that's step one. We get to Yiras Hashem. Now that we're in the level of Yiras Hashem, now we can graduate from there, go to the next level of Ahavas Hashem. That's, but, if you're going to ask a question, write a list of the most important. What's number one? You're going to start off with Ahavas Hashem, with Chesed. Then you're going to go, sec, what's less important? Yiras Hashem, because Yiras Hashem is not on the level of Ahavas Hashem. So you've got it's not actually confused. It makes perfect sense. In terms of the Sphirois, Chesed is more important than Yira. But to get to Chesed, you've got to get through Yira first. So that's the way it works. That's the dynamic here. Let's think about Ramavinu. He got through the test in Urkastim. He was thrown into the fiery furnace, but he didn't burn. How is that possible? Every part of him evolved immediately into spiritual. He was no longer burnable because he wasn't material. There was nothing material about him. He became, as it were, like a ghost, like something that's, that um, isn't flammable because he was so spiritual. There was nothing that could be burnt with fire. The power of my word, says God, is <coughs> the is um, like fire. He could immediately get to the mid of Hava. Yiras Hashem, he had already. Now he he could begin with the mid of Hava, and through that process of mid of Hava, he came to the level where he had the Brismila, and ultimately God said, You're going to be the ultimate example of Hava, of Chesed in the world. You will always be cited as the perfect 
human being in terms of Midas Ahava, the highest level that is possible to achieve in terms of being close to Hashem. Remember that question? So the, according to that alternative interpretation, Avram Avinu says to God, Hold on a minute, I'm going to take care of the guests. Don't leave me for the moment. We know that someone who worships God, who has a relationship with God purely through love, does so. In, um, so that he, can, he can be good in the eyes of Hashem. He wants to do the right thing in the eyes of Hashem. That's what a loving relationship means. When, you're, when you have a loving relationship with your spouse, your husband, your wife, what are you doing? You want to show them how much you love them. So you do the things that you know that they're going to like. Now, some of those things might result in you not being with them for a few minutes or for a few hours. But you know that they like those things and they know that you're doing them for them and they're going to be very happy. That's what Avram Avinu did. Now, some people are terrified even when they're in a relationship. They don't want to lose that person. So they don't leave their side for a moment. And they don't want to do anything unless that person tells them to do it because then maybe that person won't like them anymore. That's a relationship of Yira. That's not a very good relationship. A relationship of love is, I'm doing everything for you and sometimes it means I'm not going to be with you for that second, but you know I'm doing it for you. That's the ultimate form of relationship. It's so powerful. Says the Nasivas Shalom, Somebody who operates purely from a Yira perspective only does what they are commanded to do. Somebody who works with love, who has a relationship of love, can tell right away without asking that other person exactly what it is that they want, without asking Hashem exactly what it is that Hashem wants. We know it says about Malachim that they do your will, that they automatically know what it is that is the will of Hashem. They totally are a reflection of God's will. Even if there doesn't seem to be an instruction involved, God didn't say to them, do this, do that. It's automatic, it's instinctive, it's intuitive. Whatever they do, they do for the sake of Hashem and what it is that God wants. We know that Avram Avinu reached this ultimate stage of Ahava. Now after the Brismila, he's sitting there. He is sitting there and he's communing with God. God came to visit him. Why is Hashem with him? Why is Hashem visiting him? Because Hashem um, has made it very clear. It's totally clear to Avram Avinu. It's intuitively understood that he's only there because he wants to reside in a place where there is only love. Where love is the only expression where love is totally dominant. That's what he's doing in the Oihel of Avram Avinu. That's why he's visiting Avram Avinu, because Avram Avinu is a living embodiment of Chesed. He realized immediately 
Did you know what it is that God wants if guests come to my house? Not for me to sit and chat with him. That's not what Hashem wants. Hashem ki omarati oilam chesed yibone. The world is only survives. It's built on kindness. Ligmail chesed ulachnis lebeisa es mi she'ein loy. What's the most important thing to God? Not that you're chatting with Him, that to bring people into your home and take care of them. That's what Hashem wants. That's where Hashem resides. That's where Hashem is going to be. As the Gemara says, much more important than Kabbalah's Peashrina. No, no, excuse me, I can't take care of you, Mr. Guest. Why not? Because I'm busy with God. No, no, that's not what God wants. God doesn't want you to use Him as an excuse not to be kind. Quite the reverse. He wants to use, he wants you to use the kindness that you're going to do others as the excuse not to be with him, not to be makabal the pene hashchina. For omnam ha'oved biyira in a yochel agila maskana kazu. Somebody who's so consumed with fear, oh my gosh, I need to daven now. I need to do this. I need to do that. I, I can't interrupt. I can't do that. I can't. What are you talking about? You think that's what Hashem wants from you? Do you think that's how Hashem operates? Do you think Hashem is interested in your tefillahs more than he's interested in what you can do for somebody else? Are you crazy? Without kindness, the world can't survive. And you're busy being makabo pnei when you have the opportunity to do kindness. Only somebody who operates from a platform of love, of chesed who understands that this is something that's going to make God happy. Automatically, instinctively, intuitively understands this when the opportunity arises. And this is what we learn from this particular episode where Vayera Elav Hashem and then suddenly he says, he says to God, excuse me for a minute, I'm off to take care of the guests. Even things that are not commanded, you might think, no, no, I'm in the middle of one thing, I can't do something else. No, no, when you're in the middle of the one thing that the person you're, or God in this situation, that you're doing it with, would uh, find it much better if you did the other thing that you need to do now, then that's what you need to do. You need to go off and do the other thing. You can say to that person, excuse me for a minute, I need to go off and do something else. And I know you're not going to mind. Instinctively, you know that person's not going to mind. You certainly know that Hashem isn't going to mind if you take care of other people, if you express your kindness and your uh, and your love for others in that particular moment. Avo. That's what it means when it says in the Apostle, you should do that which is straight and which is good in the eyes of Hashem. That is the ultimate in what God wants from you, from us. And somebody who operates in his relationship with God through love will understand that automatically. We'll leave it here for today. Thank you so much.